My name is Aram, and welcome back to God's Fall. When we last left Sigma, he and his Sun Elf scouts had conquered the Temple of Sephor. From there they ventured east, stepping out of the desert wilderness and into the lands of dwarves and men. The scouts captured a Kadarian seeker who had been hunting rumors of arisen gods. He tried to kill Sigma as he was consumed, but the arisen god of life would not be so easily denied. So I just ate that guy's brain. Do I know the difference in travel time or am I just going to have to wing it to the lake? Well, he's never been along that path to the north. Down the path to the south, it'll definitely be faster only because you're going to go south and then cut south. Whereas going north, you'd have to go up and around and wherever it ends up. You're not 100% sure where it ends up. You just know that there's passes through basically the broken hills once you get up and around that area. So it'd be... They're thinking at least a week longer. I'd like to turn into Enid and see if, because he was alive in the forest, and see if he remembered the way that he had taken to get out, if he had gone through the mountains or if he had gone through the, the southern way. You all have made camp uh, for the evening as you're thinking about things. It was It was late anyway, so you may as well have taken the time to really contemplate before... The, the biggest choice you've pretty much had to make so far. He is called forth. You're at a campfire, right? Maybe there's like a bowl of water next to you where you see his face take over yours. It's all coming clear to me now. You have a particular memory. He was at a very young Lithoniel, which is the eldest scout in your party. One of the, and he was a scout from before. Did Lithoniel die? Lithoniel did not die. Oh, it was the other guy's lover. You lost Viron and Rome. Did you also lose Lithoniel? I don't think so. Let me go back. I know I have the whole list and I haven't crossed up before. I'm trying to think of where else someone would die, would have died. So I think the only place on people the... died was charging the temple, right? Yes, yes. And two of them got vaporized. Yeah, I think it was just two of them. So these are the scouts you have with you. So the first up is Oris, who you have consumed. Oris is part of you and is the person, is the body you wear that mainly has gotten you through the desert. Your squid flesh is not really made for this weather. Oris is much more aligned to this environment. So when you've been traveling through it, you've mainly been wearing him. Amongst your party is Oris's sister, Osonia. She is basically in charge of the group uh, beyond you. She gets everything done. You don't do the like day-to-day tasks. You kind of give them a big picture and she makes sure everything gets done. She's also the most capable amongst them and the best fighter easily amongst them, probably even better than her brother. Then you have Lorsan, who is the ex-lover of Oris and nephew of Lithoniel. 
He's a younger scout, like the equivalent of his mid-twenties, who does most of the cooking and entertains with music and his exceptional singing voice, which is probably one of the reasons Oris's fell in love with him in the first place. You have Saran, who is the brother to Saria. Uh, he is just a big dude. In a one-on-one -on -one brawl, definitely the most scary of the whole group. He is also a little dumb, not the best for strategy, and extremely protective of both his sister Saria and you. He basically functions as a bodyguard. He's always somewhat near you, especially if there's, you know, if you're being fed or you're interrogating a someone, he's always right there to make sure no one can get to you. You have Lothoniel, who is the eldest member of the Rangers and a source of wisdom and stories for all. He's the one who's the younger elf in this memory you're having with old man Enid. Then there's Galen, who is a very effective scout and has proven himself useful in quietly gathering people for Sigma to eat. Galen seems to have a way to understand how to manipulate people and get them into positions where they are compromised. That seems to be Galen's primary talent. You have Saria, who's a talented scout. She likes to be alone. She's comfortable for long periods of time, just walking the perimeter, keeping eyes out. And she's excellent at spotting intruders. She's also very good with animals, and in particular, the giant hyenas you have in your party. And when you have giant hyenas, it's good to have someone who is good with them. And then last, you have Talindra. Talindra is a good scout, and she's also a student of this ancient elven martial art. It was something that was falling out of fashion even before your tribe was cursed by the gods. It's something that only a handful of the elders had any experience with, and it was very ceremonial. So they did the best they could to teach her what they knew. And she also read up on whatever she could, since she's had to interpret some of it. A lot of this is tradition, and then some of it is just her making that tradition work as an actual fighting form. Flashing back to Lothoniel, my old, <laughs> shoot him a sly wink as Enid, be like, ding, I remember. Lothoniel nods, but like some of them are very comfortable when you take other forms, and some of them are not quite as comfortable, and Lothoniel's in that camp. Mm -hmm. You were in this area with a very young... Lothoniel. And the reason why you were here is because he was training him to hunt giants. There were much higher mountains in this area before they were cracked and crumbled into the rocks you have now. Mm -hmm. Lothoniel was like the last generation of people to learn how to hunt the giants. Ever since this God's War, you just assume they're all dead. You haven't seen a single giant since no one has. So you guys just assume their mountains crumbled and they crumbled along with them. This particular pass, this used to be a road and it was the only one in this area that wasn't completely covered. So they, he knows that it's broken at times and difficult to travel it would no longer be considered a road. It would be considered a path at best. The other one, the one to the south, uh, some more recent information Enid picked up is that that has now become a full-fledged road. Mm -hmm. The people of Amberville, the city that was founded after the God's War, have found 
basically a miracle. Uh, the land around there is lush and green and very bountiful. They are exporting huge amount of crops west into Rizon and making very good money at it, especially because all of the trade has recently ceased coming out of Savan, mm-hmm. and they've made up for it. I see. So there's a whole road there. There's commerce. It would be a very easy passage. The decision stands, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the goat path. All right. We're gonna go up through the mountains. You say it's gonna take a week, though. They assume it's at least gonna take an extra week. Dang. They don't really know for sure, mm-hmm. and they're just assuming that it would take an extra week. If where Enid says it'll come out is where it's gonna come, he's pretty sure. So you can count on that. But this is just assuming that it's a that that, that it's a path without without obstacles. If there's that's right any trouble along the way, it could take longer two weeks, three weeks but at least a week. I'm gonna be hungry. I only got 10 days before I've got to eat my next brain. That is a problem. And this is just one. I was already starving to get here. Unless you can find a clan of giants that eat giant brains. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. Hopefully be war the one serving, yes. I want to keep the hyenas. I think that if we run into something up there, it would be worth fighting and a little bit of hunger. I know that there are indeed elves in Savon from my dreams. So hopefully I won't have to starve for more than a day or two beyond necessary. Maybe a point of exhaustion or two uh, until I get in meta. Uh, I'd be a little tired by the time I got to Savan, but who knows? You'd hear Enid's voice in your head now um, as an advisor. And he'd be like, this is true, my lord. Assuming we are not kept there longer, are you sure it would not be good to perhaps take some food along? I do think it'd be fine to take some food along, but there was no more to to gather here. I don't think we can hit the road one more time, these people. I, I don't want to risk being seen more than I have to. Perhaps you do not need to. The road to the south is just a day's journey. We could send some scouts to perhaps gather supplies. Yes, we'll go under the cover of darkness and... Uh, yeah, you, we all have that benefit. Our, we're best hidden in the sand dunes at night. I like that idea. And where this huge outcropping meets where you are, it just basically goes up like a sheer cliff. But at the base of it, it kind of expands out. It's much rockier, and there are holes in the stone. There are natural caves you can easily take shelter in that will keep you hidden from any eyes from the road, even with a campfire. Good. Then let's find. Then let's do that. All right. Let's be highwaymen for an episode. So who are you going to send? Who's going on the mission? Are you all going on the mission, or are you going to? Because there's like eight of you. Well, nine of you really. If you include if you include you, and then there's you know nine cats. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. What am I going to do? Wait here while these guys bring stuff to me? Maybe. But is that is that what a leader does? I want to remain as Enid and go to go to Lothonia and be like, you remember these this area as I do now. Tell me, what do you think of the path through the the mountains? What do you think? Do you think it would still stand? Lothaniel nods. He believes the pass would stand as well. And there have been many tales of those who have been along it. There are also tales of creatures along those paths, beasts. Mm. I believe it possible. I believe it potentially better than passing by the town, but we do not know what we face, and we are a large party. We will certainly draw attention 
from any creatures in the area. It'll be impossible for us to pass unnoticed. Yes. Especially with these. And he pats one of the giant hyenas. If you guys let him go mm-hmm. and you tried to pass through human land, there's enough traffic going, there's enough things going, you could probably just slip past. Like, they're fairly confident they could do it. They blend in a lot, right? They, Whenever they go to get you victims, basically, they blend in in order to get those victims. Mm-hmm. But going north, you guys know the terrain. You're definitely isolated. You're definitely not going to run into people, which is great, but also bad because you need to eat. Right. So uh, let's let's do that. Let's kidnap some of these nerds and uh, let's hit the road. Let's be highwaymen for a minute. I'm going to take all of us. If we could squeeze all of us that we could squeeze into a cave that's at ground level or two, if we could. There's definitely a cave large enough, and it's actually about 10 feet up in the rocks and then back further. And it's on the northern side as opposed to the southern. So it's very well protected and secure. So after you establish that, which doesn't take that long, and they brush out some of the burrs from the cats and feed them, right? I mean, not from the sure. cats. I keep thinking they're they're giant cats. They're not. They're hyenas. They're giant Hines. hyenas, which doesn't make any more sense, but whatever. So, they, I'm into so it. They're, getting, they're getting everything ready. Uh, and the hyenas are like napping and you guys are eating, right? Before you do that. Well, everyone else besides you is, is eating, right? Sure. Do you want to take the whole group? I do want to split our forces in half, half of us on one side of the road, the other on the other side of the road. Okay. And when I give the signal, which will be uh, three whistles like a meadow lark, I don't know, it'll be the signal for us to attack. Okay. Uh, But I don't know if I could station them on the other side of the road and also have them be stealthy. I don't know about that. Well, you're all fairly good at being stealthy. Mm -hmm. It is now, you know, getting later at night. So you could either go now at night when you guys are most comfortable or you could wait to the day where there'd, there'd probably be more traffic. Well, I know that we we best behave. We are at night. We are at an advantage at night anyway, because we are the sun elves. We've got the extra stealth. Uh, there'll be two modes of attack. One is we would just let, I would give a signal and they would just release the hyenas to attack a band, or there'd be another signal if we were to join our, if we were to join into it. So we could make it look like it was a wild attack from these beasts. You know what I'm saying? So you want to take the hyenas as well? Just to the road. The hyenas are loud. Oh. Mm. They're loud in general. They're not quiet beasts. That's the one drawback of them. Hyenas are <laughs> chatty, barky. I guess that's true. You know, they're kind of like excitable dogs and they vocalize mm-hmm. a lot, which is fine. I mean, it would definitely reinforce the whole animal thing. Like, that's a good move. But this is why you couldn't take them to the south. One, because you can't hide them. People are like, holy fuck, giant hyenas. And two, because they're so fucking loud all the time. People would know way before you even got somewhere that you guys were coming. Mm-hmm. Now, you just had a meal of maximum. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I think, two days ago. So you're going to have about five days before you start getting hungry. And that journey is going to take you about two and a half weeks. Yes, that's why we were planning with the scouts to raid or wait on the main highway until we could kidnap or kill. I would like you to roll a luck die. Call high or low and roll me a d20. Okay, um, I'm going to say hi. 18. So you wait for a while. They're used to this. Your Sun Elves have spent a lot of their lives as raiders just to survive and also like to defend in case anyone got too close to where your little secret place is. You'd have to just take them out. You just couldn't risk it. 
So they're lying in wait uh, on other side of the road, getting ready. And eventually there's a couple wagons coming up the road. You can hear them coming from a while off. They're not quiet. They're not being subtle. Several teams of oxen pulling them big, heavy wagons. Uh, at least a dozen people. Okay, at least a dozen people. Okay, I want to hit him behind in the front. I want to hit him behind so they can't back up and hit him in front at the same time too and then in the middle if I could. So how I would do that is hyenas, split them half in the back, half in the front, and then while they're assaulting the front and the back, my squid squad and myself would assault the middle caravan. I would like you to roll three rolls. I want you to do this as a skills challenge, and I want you to tell me the three rolls that, that you would use to make this happen. So, and they all, and they all be different. So mm-hmm. in other words, you could be like, I want to roll a persuasion roll to get everyone on board and like really lead them well. And then I want to roll a endurance roll to see how, you know, how well, you know what I mean? I mean, so I okay. want three skill check rolls that you pick and you tell me why you, th- why you think they would help you win this encounter. Certainly. I would choose animal handling first to be able to send the hyenas out on their own with basic commands. Next thing I would want to do would be athletics in order to uh, in order to sustain the raid and possibly intimidation to get them to stop doing what they're doing. Awesome. All right. Roll me those. Okay. Animal handling is going to be uh, 11 plus 4, which is 15. Athletics is going to be... Uh, also 15, it's 10 plus 5. And then what did I say my last one was going to be? Intimidation. That's going to be 12 plus 7, so 19. 15, 15, 19. The moon is waning. It's just a thin sliver. It's a cloudy night, so there's plenty of cover. You, you guys get all set up. You wait just until the perfect moment until it's there. You give the mental command. No warning whatsoever. Arrows start flying, hyenas start yapping, and they just descend on this caravan. There are guards. They don't stand much of a chance. Show little mercy. I only need a few alive we can take as slaves. One of your hyenas, one of the guards just basically gets a a halberd underneath it as it jumps on them, and unfortunately, right through the neck. So you lose one of your hyenas, Otherwise, it's a massacre. (laughs) Once the guards are down, the people try to give up. Yeah, I would let them surrender, surrounded. Are there any ox left over? Because if I can, I'm going to have them just, you're part of us now. You're the prisoners of the squid squad. And as I would do this, I would be disguised as um, Oris. So I wouldn't show my my true face here. Most of this caravan was slaughtered. They fought and they were quickly taken down. Uh, A couple of the oxen were killed, but you have enough to run one of these wagons. And then there's a couple young women left. Uh, They're all human. They're very between like 19 to 27. There's uh, four of them and they're all sisters. Out of the 12 people, how many were the guards that were killed? About four of them were guards. The rest just picked up arms to fight that were part of the caravan. But like, but like four of them were trained hired guards. Surrender. Do not throw your lives away for this. Instead, join our cause. They tremble and are frightened and look at you. And like, you can see the fear in their eyes. They have heard tales 
of the Pale Ones. Okay. Everyone knows the tale of what happened to the first elves, the ones who stole magic. They think the punishment by the gods was that they were turned to ghosts, mm. not that they were cast out. So they are terrified right now and are just like, you know, please take whatever you want. Just, just please. Sure. Don't take our souls. I will not take your soul unless I need it. And then I would uh, I'd have them get away, throw down all their weapons, search the carts, make sure there's no weapons, nothing that can be used against us. No weapons, lots and lots of fur. Lots of fur. Interesting. Okay. Beaver pelts and there's a bunch of deer pelts and there's some wolf pelts, all stuff from way further north. Fantastic. Good. Then we will, uh, then yeah, what I would do is I would just have the ox cart go in front of us. They're going to, they're going to go in front and we're going to be behind them. Whatever danger they face, we can either dip out or whatever, but we've got them in slaves. There's no need to manacle them. Where are they going to run to? The problem with the cart is that it won't make, like, the hyenas can traverse where you're going, but it's very hilly and very rocky, and that oxen cart's not going to make it, at least not filled with a bunch of furs. you got to dump everything out and basically just have people and maybe some food in it. Take your preferred furs, my squid squad, my knights, my warriors. Choose the furs that you want. We leave everything else behind besides basic provisions and the things we need. So we'll just, we'll just take the, we'll just take the, you know, the tackle and whatever. In a box. In, in, so there's like some furs out, but in a locked trunk, they have some of the nicer ones. And in a locked trunk are all these pure white wolf pelts. And your elves tend to wear very light colors. They're in the, they're in the desert, right? So they just go right for those. So at night now, when the chill comes down and the heat gets sucked out of the desert sands, they will be lying in these beautiful warm wolf pelts. Wolfish grin crosses Sigma's masked face. Then, yeah, we'd get everything off the road. Burn it. We know the way that needs to be taken now. And we would take with the with the embers of the of that fire and the other cart and the furs and the terrified people. We would leave with them. Burning. So you burn the bodies, you burn the car, you just load them all up and just light it on fire in a big, huge pyre as you guys head north uh, along and basically leave civilization to head up this rocky mountain path. The mountains rise and seem to close in on you. It feels like, like the further you go, the more the mountains close in. And this path gets rocky and higher and more arid. It's exhausting. You guys are having to take more breaks than you had expected. When the sun is out, it seems to absolutely blast this area. It just seems to bounce off the rocks and just taxes the strength of your followers. So you tend to pitch camp during the day, sleep during the day, and travel at night. First of all, we got to make sure they don't escape. So you got to keep at least one eye on them. Another thing I want them to do, I, don't, I care a little about the mor their morale. Some of them are, I mean, I hope I've got enough food and water for, I mean, sure, I'm taking enough breaks, but they've got enough of their own stuff. Yeah, the caravan you raided, the merchants were prepared for a multi-week journey where they didn't stop. They weren't looking to hunt or barter at towns. This caravan was made to go straight to their destination, offload their goods, and return home. So you've got plenty of supplies for the rest of the journey for all of your people. Got to make sure that the mounts stay fresh, too. So if we're down one hyena, we'll rotate through on the ones that are left. Or someone could just ride the wagon. 
And then what I would do is I would go to the the strongest member of this party. Her name is Alina, and Alina. she is the eldest sister. And there are four sisters? Sisters had married brothers, so the two eldest sisters had married the two eldest brothers of this clan, and they had, like, merged families. And this had been, like, their first big outing as a merged family. That's exactly what I would ask them, yes. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Where are you coming from? What are you doing? Stuff like that. And then I'd say something along the lines of, the path ahead is treacherous. We will spare none of our own to save you. And you're asking me what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do with these guys? How do I make sure they don't what now? I imagine just have like a watch on them during the day because they're both because I, I assume the they're there for food, correct? They're yes, there for that's, sigma that's, food. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But if we get into a situation, I want to be able to sacrifice them or somehow burn their lives so we could escape. And I want to just make I would just want to make that clear to them. Not in like a super, like... Your lives will be burned. In a way like, you're prisoners. She's the toughest out of all of them. And she seems, you know, when you're brought before her, right? She does, you know, cast her eyes down and she's careful at first. But as you begin to talk to her, her eyes begin to rise up until she's finally looking at you. We will not fight. Do not harm my sisters. Come to me with whatever you need, my lord, and I will make sure you get it. Are any of them hurt? Do any of them have grievous wounds? Only in their hearts. If you get hurt, seek me out. Again, they're prisoners and everything, but like if they're hurt, I'm gonna heal them. I'm the god yeah. of life. I wanna keep them alive so I can use them. And that's pretty much what I would do. She had had her arm covered up and she looks around and she looks to the other elves and she slowly unwinds uh, this bandage on her arm and it's just this huge gash and Clearly, she's, uh, she'd been bit by one of the hyenas, and they have, like, this disgusting saliva, and it's just all infected and swollen. Fear not. And then I would reach out, and I would pump healing magic into her. And she gasps, because your healing magic, it's like most healing magic is warm, and yours is so cold. Depths of the ocean cold. And it, she just shivers, and... She pulls back for a moment, but then she looks. She nods, and she covers her arm back up, and she Thank you, my lord. My services do not go without favor. You and your party will go before us. None of you will escape. If one of you attempts escape, I will punish the rest. And you're still Oris right now, right? Yes, I would not, I would not reveal my true form. So you're sleeping as Oris, then? Mm, yes. Uh, if I have a tent or something... You have a very nice tent. If I stay too long in one form, I know it has an effect. You start to get lost in them. Like there's, you start to think like them and less like you. And it's a very disturbing feeling. So when you're in your tent, you would return to your form. In total privacy, yes. So do you ever sleep during this journey or are you only meditating? Uh, I imagine if there would be times I would sleep, especially during the full day, I wouldn't need to do the four-hour meditation and then do a watch myself. That's what these guys are for. Totally. So I would I would definitely take long rests. When you meditate as Sigma, you find yourself back in your home world. 
You have this repeated vision of yourself standing at the edge of a scry pool, waving a hand to call up a glowing three-dimensional view of a local village. Figures appear beside the view, noting the population total, general age, a town-wide stress meter color-coded with green, yellow, and red. A flick of the wrist shows another town, followed by a dozen more. Each is ruled by an elithid puppet controlled by the elder brains. In your hands is a clear pane of glass in a gold frame that illuminates to your touch. It displays shifting pages of text and imagery. One page displays a slug-like creature created by the elder brains that you instantly recognize as one of your little tadpoles. And you can see it like, like there's all these pages of them being inserted into orcs and humans and elves dragons and giants and one thinking creature after the next and what effects it has and some of them they never work it always either drives them to madness or kills them and then they list the creatures where it works best who are easiest to control and who fight the least and it's got this just pages and pages of this information basically an internet filled of everything and elithic could possibly want to want to know and so you're you would just see glimpses of this and you're starting to remember more and more When you sleep the first time, let's say on the third night you sleep, right when you're starting to get rather hungry, like the next day you're really going to be a peckish. When you sleep, you find yourself floating in Lake Savan. You're just lying on your back as if you're in a dead sea, effortlessly afloating. You are surrounded by miles of festering rot. A crimson algae secretes a thick mucus that covers the water and creeps up to the banks, sending thick, ropey tendrils across the elven city of Savan. The moon hangs directly above, as full and bright as you have ever seen it. You can feel, as you're lying floating in this lake, a presence below you, something ancient and alien but familiar. There's voices in a dozen languages that bubble up to the surface all around you, and you can feel a pull drawing you down to a warm embrace. A collective waits in those depths. A familiar collective is if you just allow yourself to slip beneath the surface. I would push against that. I would push against it. I mean, it's it's glorious and it's wonderful, but there must be a reason why I was reborn in this form, and it must take great strength and great discipline and great denial to continue to exist as I am now. I would like you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, that's going to be nine. Is this a magical effect? I would describe it as, you know when you're standing on a railing and you get that urge to jump? Yes. There's that deep primordial thing that's like jump, jump. And you don't know what that is or why, but it's there. That's what this feels like. So you can, you don't have to do it. It's not forcing you to do it. There's just this weird desire to do it, but also this huge fear attached mm -hmm. to it because clearly it seems dangerous. And then suddenly one of these thick red tendrils bursts out of the surface, wraps around you, and sucks you under. And you're now being drugged under the water. Ugh. Within seconds, you're hundreds of feet underwater, and the light is fading above you as, like, the mucus just kind of sucks in and begins to fill that hole and cuts off the sun above you. Okay, um, 
again, I'm going to try to resist as I could, but if I'm this, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to resist the best I can. How do you resist now? Well, it must be, it must be physical, but I know it must be mental as well. I'm going to try to resist with my own, my own charisma. All right. Give me a charisma save. All right. Nine again. You are now, I would say, a little panicked because it's not working. You're not, you're not waking up and you're being drugged deeper and you feel like you need air. I'm going to try to wake up if I can. If I could know this is a dream, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to stir out of it. Yeah. Roll me a uh, constitution save. 16. So you fight and you're just struggling now. And, and it's like, it's, 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 it's a mental struggle, but your body is struggling too. You're fighting whatever this dream world state is and you're just able to rip yourself out of this tendril. And then everything goes calm and you're just kind of floating in absolute blackness and you're in water, but you can breathe as, as if it was air. Like, like, like you, you take in a breath and you panic for a moment because you think you're going to drown, but you don't. You're just floating in this void. But it's not frightening and it's not disturbing. It, it's almost calming. I would call out to the moon, even though it's total blackness. I'd be like, uh, Dothea, is this you? Is this your magic? Please, no tricks. So you close your eyes and you call out to this goddess of the moon that you only recently kind of met in another vision. And you ask her for her help and her light. And as soon as you do, right above you, this glow, this perfect blue and white sphere just radiates out from the darkness. And its light, its pale blue light warms you and makes you feel safe. And for a moment, for this one glorious moment, you feel as if she has answered you. And then the light grows brighter. And you find you are not alone in this darkness. Before you, is a horrid creature, a gigantic, pale blob with this towering head and this gaping jaw. And this light that you thought was the moon is actually this long, bulbous stalk that connects to the middle of its forehead. And as you follow its translucent, pulsing form with your eyes, It ends at the top of this creature's forehead, and below it, in a vertical stack, sit three pale, milky eyes that all open and turn to focus on you. It is good that we finally meet. Welcome, Sigma. Who are you? I am the before, before your light, before your world, before your gods. I was before. 
who walk your lands know me as Vishakapar. Question, the orb of light hanging from his forehead flares brightly, so bright that you have to put a hand to block your eyes. And when that light fades, you are somewhere else. You are in an ocean filled with these creatures, a whole world covered in nothing but ocean. No land peaks above the waves in this world. There are no gods. There is no magic. There is only these creatures in global total domination. You can see that they were the first beings, the first creatures before light and darkness and thought, before fire, before any of these concepts touched Kalgun, they were there. They were always there. And then the gods arrived and subjugated them. Each of these creatures has perfect memory. This creature remembers everything that happened to its ancestors. It remembers the pain and the humiliation of their defeat as if it happened to it. That rage and that hatred of them carries on in its many chambered hearts. And also the hatred for the land. These creatures cannot cross land. And this one is trapped in the lake. I would try to match it. I would try to throw out my own story of confusion being birthed through what Sigma believes inspiration from a people that were also outcast and destroyed. I would try to, I guess, not, I wouldn't try, Sigma would not try to relate to this creature, but a, but Sigma would also respect if a creature is going to bear its soul, there is a respect in that. And Sigma would do the same, like, this is my story as well. I was birthed from inspiration from these creatures that were pushed out of their own world by the gods. They were cursed by the gods. And out of their will came me. And I can, and my strength and my abilities. And I seek war on several of them. Do you show this creature, do you show Vishakapar your old world? My old world? The world of the Illithid. I wouldn't know how, but I don't imagine I would hold anything back. This creature doesn't seem to be. Just the thought of passing knowledge, you can suddenly feel a tug. If you were to hand it your thoughts, if you were to think your thoughts at it, you believe you could pass that information. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would do it like I was once cursed too. I have the memories of a, of a previous life seem to haunt me as they haunt you. You were gods of an old world before a great cataclysm, as was I, maybe. The details are denied me, but they come back slowly. As soon as you allow the access, there's a rush and a torrent, and the whole scene around you gets replaced with you standing on a railing, 
looking down onto these elder brains, the entire layout of your world, everything you just saw in that vision in so much more crisp and perfect detail spills out before you seemingly endless in all directions. This is your world. Yes, it is before the womb even, before I was given this and then I would show the, the flesh of my tentacles or whatever I have. Before I was born as this, I must have been that, yes. You are floating as Sigma right now. I didn't think I could control it, but I would be, yeah. As you say, I was something else. There's a shift in vision, so it's like it pulls up out of this facility, fires across the land, and then lowers onto this small farm. And there's this weird feeling of, like, deja vu as you lower onto it, and you lower it closer until you enter this small community of humans. And they're just petty and dirty, and their lives are so insignificant, but there's something that feels so familiar. And you lower until, like, like it's like a camera's lowering, but as you get towards the ground, it's suddenly you and your feet touch the ground, your bare human feet. Mm. And you look at your hands, at your human hands, and you look up at your fellow villagers, and the word home rings through your mind. Confusion. I would bear that as well. It is a life of, this life so far is one of beautiful conquest, fantastic redemption, wonderful struggle, but with it, the suffering of unending confusion. I am confused over who the potential we could be, the potential that I am, uncertain of who I am even now in this vision. I'm, I don't know the message I'm giving, but I fear that some terrible mediation has to be used to deliver the message that what I am now speaking or writing or whatever ends up to where it needs to be. As you're kind of like trying to figure out what's going on and like to reorient yourselves and you take a few stumbling steps, there's a giggle behind you and suddenly there's a small human child at your waist, arms wrapped around you. Josiah, you've returned. Yes, child, I will always return to you and to home. She giggles and she just kind of buries her head in your stomach. Josiah, child, I'm seven. And... How old am I? I say with a smile. And she laughs again. She's like, well, you're so old. You're like 18. Yes, I, I am. I would uh, try to seek out the first water source. I want to look at my own reflection. I fear for a moment that I am indeed embodied as the god of the sun. I fear that I'm Para or his older brother. I rush to the, the nearest reflective surface. Sure. And there's like a small town square. It looks like they're getting set up for some festival. There's a bunch of picnic tables out and there's this big, huge trough where the where the where they would like tie up horses and have them drink. And you just drop to your knees and look in this water. And there's a reflection of this very handsome young human, uh, reddish brown hair, pale green eyes of a wash of freckles across both cheeks. A, real kindness and gentleness to your face, a little scar under your lip and like the shape of a hook. And you touch it and you f remember getting punched because 
you stood up for your sister. Mm. And then you look down at this girl and she giggles at you and she's got the same reddish brown hair, the same pale green eyes. And the name Cassandra rings through your mind. There's a moment of um, panic in Sigma where he would say, leave me. And he would run to where there's a place where there, where he might be alone even for a moment. And he would scream all of the curses of denial and the calls for clarity. No, no, no. Undo. Redo this. It is no, it is not true. So you just sprint into like a barn, right? You just find yes. a dark corner. You just scream again. I would just shout like, no, this is not happening. I am not this person. And I would attempt to reestablish the dream or vision or whatever. And I would say over and over again, hopefully until the word doesn't lose meaning. Sigma, Conqueror, Sigma, Oris, Osonia, Lorsan, Siran, Lithonian, Galen. I would try to go through the squid squad. Romeo Wisdom save? Uh, 14. So you're saying all these words and they feel right and they feel like, like yeah, this is real. That This is my life. I know these people. I, I live this life. But there's this other part of you that just feels like, wait, but... No, this is my life, and and these are just dreams I have. And you're in this middle place right now, and you feel very strongly pulled to either side. Mm-hmm. And then the door behind you creaks open, and a woman, silhouetted, so you can't see her face. You can just see her curls spilling out over her shoulders, just steps into the barn. Are you here, Josiah? I would close my eyes, cover my eyes, and say, unless you are Dothea, you must leave me. As your eyes are closed, you hear a couple just soft steps in the hay moving towards you, and then you just feel a warmth. There's two pairs of hands gently cupping your face, and they're so soft, and the scent of her is so enticing. Uh, And you just feel lips brush against your cheek. Osiah, it's okay. I'm here. You feel in your heart something you remember. You feel love. You touched on that when you ate Oris. You've danced around this concept before, but now you know you knew love. You were loved. You were happy. You had a life. Deny 100%. This is worth sacrificing for, even if it's without love, the conquest of these other, of Osonia, Oris, Lorsan. I would go back to the chant, shut my eyes, try to push away from this loving embrace, knowing that even if it's from a dream from a past life, that the challenge and denial, the opportunity given as Sigma, he might even try to change form as though he would go from his Ah, from his hook to the tentacle to back into Sigma. All right. I would like you to roll another wisdom save. Oh, my God. Nine. You try to change, but you can't. You can't become anyone else. And you're not even sure exactly what they look like. You're not even sure exactly what you looked like. It's okay, Josiah. You're so feverish. You're so warm. Why don't you just come and sit with me? 
do not tell me your name. Never tell me your name and run out of the barn. Run away. So you just start running and you can just hear her behind you. But wait, Josiah. And her, her voice fades and you just start running. And, and it's like roads and colors are fading until you're just like somewhere else on top of a hilltop looking out over the lands all around you. And all the farms are very well separated. They're all exact like you're in a circle and there's little pie charts of farms all around you, all perfectly laid out, all perfectly fenced in. There's one crop here, there's cows here, there's, and they're just like, it's too perfect. This is way too planned out. And over on hilltops all around you, you see repeated circles, these little cut sections into the ground. Everything is perfectly regimented. And then in the distance, a tower and lights, but lights like you've never seen before, lights that seem like magic in towers and cities that seem too large. At this point, I do not want to remember. I know that if I keep looking out, I, all these fake images are going to flood into my mind, all this fake architecture. I deny it. But even after all the fails, I know that I can't stop the flood of memory rushing back in. And from the hilltop, I would... I would cement into myself, I would go, if I must do this, it is a test. I will return as Sigma. Do I have a weapon on me? Do I have anything on me? Roll me a wisdom save. Okay, 14 plus seven. So what is oh, that, yeah. 22? What do you want? What do I want? I want a short sword. Yeah, it manifests in your hand or it was always on your belt. You're not sure. Sure. It's hard to tell, but it's like you always had it. I would take it and I would immediately cut off my left pinky. I would be like, no, cut it off. This is a swear this is a swearing to myself that the that the dream of Sigma was real. This is a test I will return. And as an oath to myself, remove that finger. Cut it clean off. You just see a perfect tree stump in front of you, like it was always there, but you just didn't notice it. And you put your hand there and you raise your sword up and you hear a cry from this woman as she's running down this hilltop towards you. Josiah, no! And your sword comes down, cleaves that finger straight off. You cry in pain and I want you to make a wisdom save with advantage. Ooh. That's going to be 19, and the other one's going to be 9. And you just lurch backwards, and you wake up. <sighs> you look down at your finger, which you have cut off, and blood, human blood, in this human form that you're in is spurting everywhere. This cry of pain, their elves instantly rush into your tent, and as they rush to your you know, aside and begin bandaging you up, even though they know you can heal. You're just kind of breathing heavy. Sorry is there at your side and she hesitates for a moment, but then she puts her hands on either side of your face and she wipes the blood and sweat from your face with a cloth and says, my Lord, we've never seen you like this. And as your eyes go to like a shield or some metal surface next to her or a bowl of water, you are Josiah. Okay, I would change back into Sigma before her. 
The dreams of the gods are deep indeed. They don't question you. Sure. They just accept it. They've seen weirder. This is not, sure. this is on the scale of Sigma weird. This is like a six. So they're just like, of course, my lord. It was a, it, w- it was a vision. It was a prophecy. It was whatever. It seems yes. very upsetting. And they just wash you of blood and sweat and bring you water and wine. While they do that, I wouldn't want the wine. I would say, stay, please stay, wait. I must, cons- I must consult you. You are my closest allies. So I'd say Lorsan and Saria are with you in the tent right now. I, as you know, I cannot give the gift of immortal life. And then I would turn back into Oris and then Enid and then back to Sigma as a, to show, to be like. When you're turning into these forms, it feels like, like, oh, like you have to flex harder and all of your muscles feel sore. The muscles that you would flex in order to get to these forms, like there's effort and you feel exhausted. You also feel like there's been another two days, maybe three days have passed, and you're absolutely ravished. I must feed, but I must tell you as well, the just let it suffice then, then yes, the the dreams of gods are indeed dark and winding. Just know, all is well, all will be well. Nothing is lost here. Fetch me one of the slaves, one of the weaker sisters. Okay, so they come back uh, a few minutes later. Well, I would say that Saria stays with you, and Lorsan runs off. You can hear him shouting at some of the at, at some of the other elves. And in a few minutes later, you know she's got you completely cleaned up. You're she's rebandaged that finger to make sure. She's like, Milo, do you, do you wish to heal yourself? In a moment, I must feel this for now. I must feel it. I cannot undo everything that is done in this. It is of my own hand anyway. There is a purpose in this. Let me feel the pain before I stop it and learn this lesson well, my scouts. There will be times of intense pain and there will be moments to heal. You cannot take my powers for granted. I know you never have. And I pray to to us that you never will. I pray will. to me. I pray to me. <laughs> no, it's a call to uh, may the decadence of my power never infest us. May the need to heal, the desire to heal, never come first. May only our desire to reclaim what is ours come first. And these gifts that have that we have been given will come secondary. I must feel the pain first. In fact, I would flex back into, into Oris, into Enid a few more times until I got some of that muscle memory back. It's, it's exhausting, but yes. it stops being sluggish after a moment and it starts to feel more natural and it hurts still, but you can do it. As you're doing that, Saria is all but in religious, you know, fever at this moment because you went to this huge thing and she's like, okay, I'm there, I'm with you. I am with yes. my God and I'm going to help him through this and I am a chosen one and I am there. And she's kneeling with you and she has your hand in her hands and she like has her forehead, you know, pressed against it and she's leaning down with her eyes closed in the religious fervor and as you're watching, you see at first what looks like your finger inching up her neck. And then you see gills spread out from it. And it turns from your finger into one of these little tadpoles you've seen. And mm-hmm. it's crawling her its way up her neck and headed towards her ear. I would grab it. I would try to snatch it up. It hisses and screams, but as soon as you grab it, it then immediately just, just, just like goes like 
almost not not limp, but like like almost like a little pet. Like it begins mm. to like coo and curl and roll in your fingers. Okay, I would show it and be like, behold, the powers that are behold the powers we may manifest. New life can come in our name. We must not be too hasty. And then yeah, I would just show it. To, amen. <laughs> I would show it for a minute, and then yes, I might put it in my own my own tentacle beard. Yeah, yeah, she's she's like disturbed by it. It's a disturbing thing, but she's also fully on board. So there's this moment of like, oh, perhaps it needs water, my lord. And she grabs a bowl and hands you a bowl of water, and it seems to want to go in it. Okay, I would let it. I would let it hang out in the bowl of water. Certainly. And it seems happy, and you seem pleased that it's happy. And there's now like, there's, it's not a thinking thing, but there's a connection. There's a mental connection. And when this thing feels something, you feel something. Yes, good. All right. And then the curtain to your cave is thrown open and Lorsan and Galen enter with one of the younger sisters. She has a blindfold and they bind her hands to the ground. Leave me now, my warriors. They all nod quickly. Saria looks, she holds your hand for a moment and looks right into your eyes. We shall be right outside, my lord. She bows and quickly exits. Usually Sigma kind of plays with his food, you know, talk to him a little bit. This time he just does the single line. You have served your people, but you have failed to stop Sigma. You get this flash of of the village. You see her wedding ceremony. You see her husband. It's happy. Like, they, like And it's also a weird reflection of something you just felt. Yes, I would try to, I would not try to embrace any of that. I would just use this as a utility, like just eat it, get it down, hold it. Kind of like you take a spoonful of medicine. Right. I'm not going to save her dinner. I just eat it because it's it's oatmeal or whatever. Whenever you eat someone, you're flooded with these memories initially. You can push them down and tamp them down, but for a few moments, you feel everything and the happiness of the wedding and the joy of the town and the village and the bells and the family and the love and as you push it down, it hurts so much. This love, to shove this love away again, hurts so much. And you feel like you just have enough strength to do it. And it threatens to overwhelm you again, but you do. You get through it, regain your composure, and like 20 minutes later, you're sated, you feel stronger, you feel more confident, you feel calmer. I would uh, call Saria back in the tent. Sure, and she was she's right outside. Like like you sure. you say her name, and halfway through her name, she's already coming into the tent. Yes, my lord. What I've told you is no secret. There's no need to hide from any of the rest of the Squid Squad. Squid Squad. Please let's let us let me let me address all of them then. And what I would do is I would step out of the tent to where they are. All of you. Osonia, Oris, Lorsan, Siren, Lathoniel, Galen, Soraya, Talindran, Pyrrha. Thank you for this opportunity to be born into conquest in the name of the Sun Elves. It is a noble cause, and I wanted to simply reassure you as we go on this journey together, it will not be in vain. 
It is one of strength. We will not fail in our retaking of the lake. We will not fail in our retaking of the ancient forest. Although my dreams may be dark, and then I show my, my hand? They can never corrupt us again. Give the old, give the old hand salute. They could never corrupt they us again. They could never corrupt us again. Yes, and then I would go back into the tent, and in privacy, I would try to reheal the pinky. So as you step into the tent, and the elves are shouting, "They will never corrupt us again!" The hyenas are wailing, and you step into this tent, and you focus your energy, and your finger heals. It heals human, and then shifts into Sigma. Thank you for joining us for God's Fall Season 6, Episode 8, Depths of Memory. If you are enjoying God's Fall and want to support us, join us at patreon.com slash godsfall for early access to new episodes, my campaign notes, and behind-the-scenes videos. For more ways to support the show and interact with fellow listeners, visit godsfall.com. And we'll see you next time in the World of the Five Kingdoms. This show was produced and edited by Dead Ghost Productions. Find out more about us and all the shows we make at deadghostpro.com. <laughs>